You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. From the Creating Magic Vacation Studio in St. Petersburg, Florida, welcome to Travel Talk Weekly. This is episode number 80, original air date April 20th, 2021. This week's show is all about river cruising, one of the world's oldest ways to travel. We covered this topic on one of our very first shows back in December of 2019. And since this month is all about cruises, we thought river cruising is still a very hot segment of cruising. When we first started in the travel industry, river cruising was actually relatively unknown. And the people who knew about them were either people who had gone on one or travel agents like us. Long before roads were built, rivers were the main highways throughout most of the world, and they're still in use today in a big way. When we first started as travel agents, river cruising was all the talk. I mean, everybody was talking about it, but nobody had really been on one. Yeah, even back, you know, a couple of years prior to 2010, people said, oh, a river cruise. People said, what do you mean river? Is that like a barge? I, I know. That's right? what everybody, thought. That's what a, everybody a, thought it was. It was a barge. And they had some cruises where you would take your bike and you'd be on a barge and then, you you know, each place you'd go and do a bike ride together. Yeah, and that, that's was, what that was thought. a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but one thing changed all of that about 12 years ago or so around their time, and that is Viking River Cruises. And since they've added ocean ships as well, they are now just Viking Cruises. They made the public aware of this type of cruise by advertising on PBS all the time. It started with a show called Downton Abbey, and now, of course, all TV channels. And back then, people thought Viking was the only one that did that. And now, more and more river cruise lines are advertising on TV. Unlike ocean cruise lines, there are really not that many different river cruise lines. We were very fortunate back in 2014 to be invited on one with AMA Waterways, and that's AMA Waterways. And it was a sailing on the Rhone River in southern France, and it was a great experience. Like, I wish we would have discovered river cruising long before. Oh, I know. It's very relaxing. And, you know, I think you and I both love the history part of it and learning about the different towns. Yeah. And so if you want more details on that specific cruise, you can check out our show number nine. Let's start with what makes a river cruise different and also who it would be great for. And we said this 10 years ago, and we said it again on a previous show here, river cruising is hot. And post-COVID, we think it's going to be even more popular. And before we get into how it's different, let's mention a few of the cruise lines that we currently work with. Ama Waterways, as we mentioned, they're primarily in Europe and France and Portugal, but they do have ships in other parts of the world as well. Yeah, Asia, Africa. But Ama Waterways also has one of the very revolutionary ships. It's one of their brand new ones, the Ama Magna, and it is a very wide ship. And here's a fun little fact is that the founder of Ama Waterways actually designed what they call the longboats. And that's what Viking uses. And so they actually have a lot deeper history of building ships on the river than even Viking does. Yeah, Rudy was instrumental in the design of ships that cruise on the river. And they have to make them very specific depending on where they're going to be. And the biggest question is, are they going to go through a system of locks or are they not? Because if they are, they're restricted by how wide they can be just based on how wide the lock is. Yeah, that's one of the things that makes these very, very unique. Another cruise line is Avalon, and they have been advertising on TV. And I love seeing that because what they're basically doing is advertising to our customers 
on our behalf. And one of the things I like about the Avalon ships is they do have some staterooms where the beds face out. And so you're not at an angle like a lot of the other cruise ships. You're facing off the side of the ship as opposed to looking at a wall. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that we had that on a when we did our river cruise on the Amazon. And I like that setup. Very nice cruise line. Another one that got into river cruising, which shows you how popular river cruising is, and that is Crystal Cruises. So they decided to add their own river ships and do some river cruises because their clientele obviously still loves cruising with the crystal experience. So why not bring them to the rivers? Which is basically the opposite of what Viking did. They started as a river cruise company and then added ocean ship. Yep. Now this next one is a very boutique-y feel on their ships. Boutique-y? Yes. <laughs> and that is, is it bougie? It is not bougie. It is very boutique-y. And that is Uniworld. And they actually have a river cruise that's very unique that hits parts of Italy. And they're the only ones that do that. Yep. Another one is Tauk, who is known for their luxury land tours. They also have luxury river cruises. And then, of course, Viking, because they are the ones that started the craze. And I think all of the other river cruise lines love Viking because they did raise awareness for this style of cruising. I think every river cruise line right now and Viking, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but they have like 50 or 60 ships probably. I mean, they have, they have a, a lot. ton of them. They're definitely the biggest one. And the last one on our list is International Expeditions. And that is the company that we cruise down the Amazon River with. That was very unique because it only had a capacity of 26 people. The staff was amazing because the cooks also doubled as the entertainment at night. That was our first time south of the equator and our first time being to South America. And that was an incredible nature experience. So one thing that may surprise you is all of the countries that you can visit when you go on a river cruise. At the top of the list, of course, is Europe. And there are a handful of main rivers that these river cruise lines go on. And just like the Caribbean, where you have the same itineraries that all the different cruise lines do, it's very similar when it comes to river cruising. So in Europe, the Danube, the Rhine, the Rhone, the Seine, and in Portugal, the Douro. And in Asia, you can go to Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, and Vietnam. Yeah, those are some of the ones that are, I That's think, That's the one you really want to do. I know. You yeah. just, we, were, we almost went to Asia last summer for your birthday. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> Another one I'd love to do is Africa, and that's uh, a cruise in combination with a safari. Yeah, that one looks really cool. And then, of course, South America is primarily going to be on the Amazon River. So you have a lot of places that you can go. And keep in mind, in Europe, when you're going down those rivers, you can stop in a number of countries, depending upon the itinerary that you're doing. And going back to what you just mentioned about a lot of the ocean cruise ships, you'll see them because they have the giant docks and they all go to the same places. It's a little bit different on a river cruise because there's usually only like one dock and it's not really long. So a lot of the river cruise companies will what we call raft up. And regardless of the company, it could be a Viking ship on the dock, an Amish ship will tie up next to that. And then Uniworld ship will tie up next to that. And then you're going to walk through the other ships just to get to the dock. Yeah, it's pretty interesting for sure. A river cruise is the total opposite feeling from an ocean cruise. Very relaxed, very laid back. It's really about visiting some of the most amazing cities. It's a very immersive experience, especially for history buffs. You'll spend a fair amount of time on land and just use the river to travel from town to town. Yeah, one of my favorite things is you literally are in the heart of the city. So keep in mind that these rivers were used as the main method to get around way back in the day. So the towns that are on the river, like, are on the river. And when you say the heart of the city, you are right 
there. You literally get off the ship, and a lot of times you can either walk to a, a waiting tour bus or just walk right into the city. I remember on a couple occasions, we would get off the ship in one place, get on the tour bus, you know, go do an excursion, and then the ship would keep going north, and we would meet the ship at the next place. Yeah, it was kind of that was different. In, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. And that's one of the things though that I love about river cruising is that your excursions are included in most cases. And so you always have something to do every single day and a new town to visit new things to learn. And they they actually offered on Alma waterways, they offer a variety. And so you can kind of pick and choose which tours that you want to do. Yeah, you can have a more you can have basically a more active or a less active version. Pretty much all of the river cruise lines will offer beer and wine at lunch and dinner. Then the biggest difference is what do you get in between those times? And some of them are truly all-inclusive. It includes your adult beverages pretty much whenever you want them. That's one of the main differences. They're all going to include excursions. Some will just be a little more extravagant than others. And they also will have a specialty dining option that you can pay a little extra for. And so if you want to have that elevated like chef's table type experience, some of the river cruise lines will offer that as well. If you've never taken one of these type of vacations, you might want to know who these are right for. On the one we took in 2014 on the Rhone River in southern France, the guest age did skew higher than an ocean cruise for sure. A lot of people in their 70s and even 80s. But then again, that was seven years ago. And I think the guest age since then is skewing way lower. I think they're really, really targeting the 40s and 50s. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the reasons why is because you are having a cultural experience on most of these. This isn't just about going like on a big party ship. You're going to find very few, if any, kids on board. And if there are, they're very well-traveled and well-behaved usually. Usually. And I mean, there's really nothing for them to do on the ships. I know some of the ships, they've added like some Xbox and, you know, a few things like that. But the cabins are designed really for just two people, not for families like you see on the traditional cruise ship cabins. If you did want to take kids on a river cruise, we recommend you do so with Adventures by Disney. And they do charter the Ama Waterways ships, so they partner with the cruise line that we've been on and who we know the owners. Those do sell out really fast, especially post-COVID. And it's also, it's a great way for your kids to experience a lot of different countries and cultures. Yeah, and Disney really partnered with Ama Waterways because on even some of their new build ships, they have connecting staterooms, which they did not have before. And so they're trying to accommodate, yeah, the families. So yeah, I would definitely, um, when we've... When we've sent clients and their kids and they've gone on a river cruise, like maybe the Christmas markets cruise, they definitely say it helps if there are either other families on there with kids or if you do an Adventures by Disney. On the cruise we did on the Amazon River in 2015, it was completely different. There were only about 26, maybe 28 passengers, and almost all of them were doctors from the Mayo Clinic. They were doing a group cruise, and this happened to be the one that International Expeditions wanted us to go on. We were you know, doing some video for them. And to be fair, the Amazon is not just a sit-back-and-relax type of cruise. It's very active because you're getting on skiffs, those little flat-bottom boats, twice a day to go out and see the animals and the wildlife, and you never knew where the animals were going to be. So our guides, they were experts in finding all types of wildlife, but you're constantly out there searching. You know, They've got the binoculars, and okay, there's this type of bird. Oh, look, there's this monkey. And, and you're also going to be hiking through the Amazon jungle, so definitely not a just kind of sit back. Because on that particular cruise, there really was nothing to do on the boat. This was the first cruise that we've ever been on before or since 
where there was no TV in the room. I know, right? (laughs) You can take a a little more in-depth look at that cruise on our episode number 16. Now, one of the things I love about river cruising is that if you are prone to getting seasick, a river cruise is a perfect choice because it is very calm. It's also a great choice if you don't like big crowds and a ton of kids running around. (laughs) And if you want to learn more about history, this is the absolute best way to do that. On some days, you're going to be in two cities, and there really are no sea days. Or river days. Or river days, yeah. (laughs) It's kind of cool, though. It's like you go to sleep, and sometimes, you know, you'll wake up and you'll be somewhere else, or... Some days you'll wake up and there's a ship tied right next to you, and (laughs) you're like, hey, how are you doing (laughs) there, neighbor? (laughs) (laughs) That may or may not have happened to us. One thing that they're really known for is, like, specialty or what they call themed cruises, and I think the most standout, the most popular by far, is the Christmas markets cruises. Yeah, this is a great way to experience the Christmas markets over in Europe. And they all do them. Yeah, they all do them. Super popular. Wine cruises with a sommelier are also something that's really popular. I remember when we were in France, we would enjoy different types of wine depending upon what region that we were in. And that was kind of fun. And that wasn't even a wine cruise. It was. We went to that vineyard in Beaujolais. Yes. And of course, got to sample the products. It was just fun. We um, we had a cooking class in Avignon. I mean, it was, which is next. You know, there's, and they do culinary cruises where they'll have a chef, a guest chef on board, and it's all about the food. But also, they have European history. And here's one right up my alley, European beer river cruises. Yeah, sampling the beers in all those places. One of the ones that I think would be really spectacular to go on is one of the tulip times. And so over in Amsterdam, when they have like all the tulips and everything up in that region, that would be a really fun one to go on. You know, that one is one that a lot of people were talking about. Again, when we first started learning about this, oh, if you've done the tulip cruise, I'm like, we haven't done any of them, but yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) We get to visit the tulips. I hope they're fun. (laughs) And for a very special cruise... Oberammergau, the passion play. So this is something that only happens once every 10 years, and it is an opportunity not to be missed, although we haven't had the chance to do this yet. It's a theatrical tradition since 1634. It's called, again, the world-famous Oberammergau passion play, and it's a much-anticipated reenactment of the crucifixion of Christ from his entry into Jerusalem to the resurrection. It's only done once a decade in the quaint Bavarian village of Oberammergau. So because 2020 couldn't happen, they actually postponed it to 2022. So there's still a chance if you wanted to go and experience this. What kind of insight did they say? Okay, we're going to skip 2021, but in 2022, we'll be ready. What did they know that we did not? (laughs) Right? (laughs) One of the questions we get is, how is river cruising going to be in a post-COVID environment? Yeah, and as of this air date, we don't have all the information just yet. We only know that the cruises have been suspended through the end of June, with the exception of Portugal, is only through June 15th. So that could be interesting if that starts up. We just don't know because cruises aren't happening. All we know is that they're trying to figure out protocols, but they still are selling like crazy. And again, I think this goes back to revenge travel. It's funny because everyone we talk to knows exactly what that is. No explanation needed. You tell me I can't travel? Okay. Now I want to travel more than I did before and... I'm going to spend more money. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) There is no doubt that every line will probably make sure that you have tested negative for COVID before you get on that ship. Yeah, I think there's no probably about it. Everyone, take the test. 
I think they're going to do it in the cruise lobby as you walk in. They might. Maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) But the bigger question is, will you need proof of being fully vaccinated? That's what everyone is wondering right, right now, and we just don't know the answer yet. So far, none of the river cruise lines that we know are requiring it, but that can change. And when I say river cruise lines, I'm talking predominantly in Europe because that's where most of the cruises happen. However, there is a line in the U.S. called American Cruise Lines. They just started up last month. They did not require proof of vaccination, but now they do. And that all changed by either the second or third sailing. We've mentioned this before. The reason that they can sail right now is because their ships are American-flagged vessels. And they just do coastal cruises. The one I was talking about was going from Jacksonville, Florida to Charleston and then doing the reverse. And I think so on, it's not really a river cruise. It's not a river cruise, but they, they do have river But they river do have cruising. river cruises, yeah. This is coastal cruising. Yes. If you have ever considered taking a river cruise, we highly recommend that you book it now. The ships are filling up, and we anticipate that the 2022 and 23 seasons are going to be super popular as travel resumes in Europe. If you discover you like this style of travel, then maybe you book your next one to a different destination, like maybe Asia or even the adventure cruise we did on the Amazon River. Yeah, we really enjoy river cruising, and I'm definitely looking forward to doing more of it in the future. For me, Asia is at the top of my list. I know, I know. And then Portugal's like right behind. We've never been to Portugal. That is true. I hear it's beautiful. Here's something I just recently thought about yesterday. If you've been on an ocean cruise, you know that on embarkation day, the day that everybody you know boards the ship, it can get pretty crazy. The elevators are very full and very slow because they're trying to get all the luggage up. There aren't as many passenger elevators. Even with reduced capacity in the future, I'm betting they'll limit the number of people who can be in each car. That'll make embarkation days even more crazy and the same thing on disembarkation day, the day you get off the ship. That will not happen on a river cruise. Yeah, those ships are really small. And so it's easy to get everything delivered and you don't have as many passengers. Usually they tap out around like 150 to 200. I think the one we were on was about 175. Yeah. And Viking ships tend to be a little more packed. Like they put a few more people on, so their cabins are also a little bit smaller. And not good, bad, or indifferent, but Viking is kind of the carnival of river cruising. They have the most ships, just like Carnival has the most ships. And it's usually the the stepping off point. A lot of people take their first cruise on Carnival, and a lot of people take their first river cruise on Viking. Yep, that's just kind of how it works out. If we can help you find a river cruise for your next vacation, please reach out to us or your Creating Magic Vacations travel advisor. Remember this, the world is a book, and those that do not travel read only a page. Let's help you get back to the vacation and perhaps on a river cruise.